Love, Marriage, Lullaby, Nostalgia, and what else? It's an album, Sing in Palestine, from some European artist I got for like 8 euros. Um, I used one of them, When Aramallah, you know, so old folk song. Uh, Palestinian folk song that I used to uh, add it with another beat I found off of SoundCloud uh, so I can make this track Miss Palestine. Check it out on SoundCloud, DJ Arab underscore Z. Anyway, we are back, ladies and gentlemen, unfiltered vitamin Z today. What are we talking about? I'm telling you what your mama can't. We're talking about cannabis. It's just a plant. Big boy greens, top of salad, your girl only making your dreams. We are back again, ladies and gentlemen, to bring y'all. Some unfiltered type shit. Some things I wanted to talk about today. Where my notes at real quick. Macros and micros. I already mentioned before, man. There's certain things it's good to have as your framework. Certain things and principles and values and knowledge. You know, macro concepts and big abstract ideas. Certain things like weed. You don't need to make a macro. They are micros. It's just a plant. It's an herb. Like sage. Like mint. Like some, you know, when you sprinkle some cinnamon in your food or some shit like that, it's just something to sprinkle in your life that can help. For some people, yes, it's going to be a bigger micro. That doesn't mean it is a macro, right? If you were terminally ill patient or something like that, of course, you definitely going to be using weed differently, you know, if you're a medical patient. But for the most of us, when we talk about self-medication, we're talking about recreational use uh, and we're talking about self-medication for whatever mild and moderate forms of anxiety and depression that a lot of us have. Nothing um, major, you know, maybe some type of pain, but not like chronic pain or you broke something. That's different. For the most part, for a lot of us, it's it's something that doesn't need to be created a macro. Now, a fault in that, and a part of my perspective is that I never smoked in high school. I never smoked in college. What I did, however, was start in Spain and cannabis associations, which are recommended by, you know, it's not anybody that walks in. They're not marketed. They are people there have been smoking for a while and quite educated too. So you get to be in a good environment. You get to be in a chill environment with good music. And good people around you. And overall, you know, uh, pretty chill and secure vibes for you to not just smoke, but for you to learn also about so many other things. Because there's so many people there in and out that are just, you know, grabbing a cup of coffee, smoking a cigarette too. It is not necessarily just, I'm here to get fucked up. Right, it's not a bar where everybody's walking around like, what the fuck's going on? No, what you see is, is people using weed as part of their daily life. Now, if you go to Tangier, you're going to find some cafes where it's, the same. it's a very similar aspect. It's a very similar aspect in some cafes to see people coming in, smoking, eating something, and heading their way out. Right, Not people getting totally faded. And unfortunately, the stigma with weed is, is that you are there you know, to fuck yourself up. And in reality, you are dosing. You are you know, self-medicating, as a lot of people would say, and, you know, think about people that got to wait in line and spend five, six, seven, ten bucks every single fucking morning to get a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Nicotine, you know, caffeine is, is a drug too, right? Certain things people get relied on. Now, of course, you don't develop the same physical addiction you do with cannabis like you do with nicotine or alcohol. It's more of a psychological addiction, but nevertheless, it can be something as bad to you like porn and like other things too if that is, you know, a huge, you know, dopamine rush for you and you don't know how to function without it. I think at the end of the day, you have to be, you have to be helping yourself. Nothing was going to help you as much as you, you know, nothing. There's certain things that can definitely boost you, but at the end of the day, I feel like for me, especially that I'm doing the best when I am helping myself do good at the same time. So in Spain, you talk, it's a much more chill place. 
And unfortunately, here in the U.S., I feel like, you know, physical and mental health is just not the best. Spain has a higher life expectancy than here, than, than the States do. And mental and physical health, you see people on a much more better basis than you do here. And I feel like, you know, sure, we got a lot of, you know, obese people. We got a lot of physical health issues and not the best healthcare system here in the U.S. At the, excuse me. Mental health as well. I feel like anxiety and depression, all types of shit just run through the water here. There's something about living here since I was a kid that has always made me anxious. I don't know if it's particularly my sort of lifestyle, uh, moving around or whatever the case was. And, you know, I feel like I had a good childhood. But there's definitely a sense of anxiety in this country that you get from the media, from the people, from the schools. It's just everybody doesn't, a lot of people don't know how to function on a normal fucking basis. And that's why you see, you see it how we carry out our discussions, right? We don't even have discussions. We have absolute we have outright cries and arguments and not any healthy dialogues and you know your mind and your body are really well connected you know you could be developing anxiety because of a thyroid issue right and you think oh with thyroid what the fuck is that you know it's a little thing in my neck but there are implications with everything you know a lot of times you can get sickness emotionally you are not sick because you know of a certain flu but certain things in your of your emotions and certain things that you've been over stressing about in your head leads to your body reacting in a certain way that you can you know cause yourself to get sick simply because of the emotions and mental stress that you are under so you have to take care of your mind and to take care of your body, right? To do one or the other, you know, it's all a system in there connected. We're still like a bit unaware of the relationship exactly, but you got to do your best to take care of both. You know, what you feed in your gut, right? What you feed yourself, that gut is going to respond and it's almost going to be like a, like another brain too, right? It's going to detect certain things. So take care of your stomach, take care of what you're feeding into your soul, into your mind, into your body, because failure to do so is going to compromise everything and if we compromise our, ourselves on a micro basis we compromise this planet on a macro basis right if humans cannot be able and societies cannot take care of themselves on an individual basis you know person by person doesn't know how to exercise right doesn't know how to breathe right doesn't know how to eat right fuck that whole country is falling down that whole country the whole world is going to come down if everybody one by one cannot take care of each other. And that's, you know, there's a saying in Arabic, Jad is neighbor, Dad is house. Your neighbor comes before the house. Why? Because sometimes you need someone to look after you too, right? So where you live in, that shelter, that could be destroyed. But for someone to look after you when it's hard for you to do so for yourself, that is irreplaceable. And that sort of community and relationship and network, that sort of kindness has to be a strength, has to be a unifying force for us as humans, for us as Americans, and for the entire race in general, if we want to continue and prosper and grow together. Well, one thing I started doing was, you know, a lot of my French homies like to roll spliffs. And I'm not a big fan because, one, I don't like smoking tobacco. Uh, I don't smoke cigarettes on a regular basis at all. But if you do give me one, I mean, that, that nicotine gives me a dizzy rush. You know, I get higher off the nicotine than I do ever off the weed. But, uh, you know, I smoke blunts, some Swisher Sweets, of course, some Game, Dutch Masters. But at the end of the day... Less is more when we're talking about weed. Less is more starting low, going slow. You know, this is from leaflets, from a lot of information, a lot of sources that you should be kind of 
looking at it in a way that you don't need as much as you think you do, right? Because a lot of the weed that you get that you look at certain charts from the 80s have about 3 to 5% THC. And then on the flip side of it, it's like, whoa, hold up. Then why is it now? Why are we marketing strains looking at 20, 25%, 30%? Is it because consumer demand is growing? And is, if people's tolerance and consumers have been going up, does that mean we have to constantly be making THC higher? Taking one cannabinoid, right, when weed has over 110 that we've identified, and we have to take one and make that higher simply because people want to get higher? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Because this plant has been around for such a long time. And certain foods have been around for such a long time. But again, consumer demand changes things. You know, bananas and grapes used to have seeds. And then now they don't because people don't like them. Well, fuck people, right? What the hell do people know about the planet, about the earth, about agriculture, about plants, about food? What do we know? Nothing. We, you know, we just want to shop and buy something that makes it easier for us to sit on our fat asses. That doesn't make any fucking sense. No, what we have to do is acknowledge that we cannot always be trying to change planet, change foods, change plants to accommodate our needs. We have to shift our needs, our desires, and our wants based off what is available, based off what is sustainable and what is you know, practical as well. And that's why I think, you know, if you back to the spliffs, it's like if you get some CBD flour or CBG flour and just sprinkle some chronic on top of it, right? Because a lot of the articles that um, discuss CBD, one major thing I feel like is missing from it, again, is the same thing when we're talking about strains with high THC. Well, why should I only smoke? Why should I only be smoking just CBD? Because isn't weed isn't isn't the cannabis plant filled with a bunch of cannabinoids? Shouldn't there be a relationship? Shouldn't there be a good mixture between all of these? And that's why one article I read from Leaflet, I believe, said that CBD works better with a little bit of THC. So in that case, then sprinkle some on top, right? Some of your CBG CBD, which I did. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, which I did, and CBG flower is a new and up and coming. Uh, CBG flower is also great too and has some benefits too. And I read some a uh, couple articles about that. And you have CBN and, and uh, CBGA. I mean, there's there's so many different cannabinoids and so many different aspects of them and and how they carry out. So you know, sprinkling a little bit of your chronic, whatever you know, uh, whatever bud you got at home, a little bit, you're not. You're getting that mellow feeling that I feel like is what I'm assuming is what a lot of these older smokers, you know, 60s and 70s smokers tell me about is when they would smoke weed and what they miss um, is that, you know, just mellow feeling, right? Not getting uh, weird hallucinations or feeling like they're not being productive or, you know, being stoned out of their minds. It's just to be a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more mellow. It doesn't, you know, it's not supposed to be a macro thing, like a whole session, which it can be, I guess, for some people on some cases. But I feel like that allows a huge room for abuse and a huge room for neglect for some people. And in that case, you know, we need to be educated a little bit more that you have those that don't use it overestimating and those that do underestimate. And in reality, there should be a medium, right? In the middle, we find virtue, like Aristotle said. So why should we be so against or so overestimating cannabis, you know, with so much concern and worry that we don't see the practicality and benefits of it? And why should we be so flexible and so loose with it that we take advantage and in a lot of ways cause more damage to ourselves than reap benefits? So, but of course, you know, this is a hard issue, you know, with stigma, but at the same time, I think that stigma is slowly getting erased. I feel like more and more people are aware 
of why they're smoking and how they're smoking and more and more people are aware even non-smokers they're more aware of that a lot of people do and it's becoming more of a national discussion because it has natural national implications and healthcare and uh, mental health discussion physical health discussion uh you know doctor patient relationships i read an article about opioids and about a lot of the issues with opioids that it should be you know a patient doctor uh, discussion a lot of the restrictions and regulations that uh, with it is hard to do and hard to accommodate because in reality it's supposed to be a case-by-case basis and i think weed is the same uh, should be under the same umbrella it should be medical it should be you should be able to talk to a medical professional i don't think it should be you know so restrictive that only terminally ill dying uh cancer patients get it i think you should be able to go talk to your doctor hey i have some anxiety hey you know uh, my knee you know hey this and this and this whatever you know to be open and to be flexible to talk to a doctor because the plant is here you know it's it's right there we have you know different methods of consumption there are different ways of using it different quantities there's no questions about that we have the plant what we need to discuss is the patient we need to look at the patient we need to look at every person right whether or not someone's realizing it a lot of people smoking are smoking for medical reasons whether or not they know it so you have to look and go talk to that patient and try to figure out what is it is if not saying that they might not have issues not to say you know to not justify their issues but maybe some other issues do not need to be maybe that person doesn't need weed to solve that problem i mean yeah you might have anxiety maybe you might be depressed but maybe even though weed does help some people with depression and anxiety maybe it's not for you to help you with your depression and anxiety because we all have different sources uh and different levels and different you know severity and different scales of a bunch of different things um and it has to be more of a case-by-case basis we shouldn't say oh this person's depressed this person's depressed this person's depressed give them all weed and it's like well wait a minute maybe this person is depressed because of childhood trauma maybe another person is depressed uh because of their current situation right now maybe someone does have a chemical imbalance that was on a, that was on the most recent podcast right now with um with joe rogan that was a british dude talking about that a lot of doctors tell people that it is a chemical imbalance right off the bat and you know prescribe you a pill and say that's just a chemical imbalance well you know maybe that's not the case for everybody and if it is a chemical imbalance shouldn't you be able to tell that like shouldn't you, i don't know shouldn't you have like some type of scan or whatever that shows you know what type of chemicals are we saying that is imbalance that is lacking in my head uh so yeah it's um it is definitely something of a discussion that needs to be carried out more and i think that is growing uh there's a youtube it's like a youtube format it's called the weed tube that i just found um canadian company tweeted about it and i just made an account the captain kush follow me <laughs> i'm gonna be doing a video pod podcast apparently they call it on there too as well um another thing i wanted to discuss on top of stigma and on top of you know personal experience is if you are a young male in your 20s is actually schizophrenia that is something i've been recently researching been having a lot of anxiety and worry about is the fact that young males in their 20s is around the time they develop schizophrenia uh, one of the things um, that brought that back into my memory was reading the biography of einstein by isaacson the same author that i mentioned before of the uh, the da vinci biography and then he has another one steve jobs as well he discusses well he just mentions the fact that one of uh, einstein's sons uh, was succumbed to schizophrenia was institutionalized in switzerland for the rest of his life uh, schizophrenia is 20s now uh, women develop it in their late 20s as i've been researching a couple articles on some gov and some health websites uh, re- related to mental health and schizophrenia in particular and myo clinic and shit like that and yeah it is something interesting and something to consider because while it doesn't show that cannabis and other drugs uh cause it but it may trigger some symptoms 
Now, one of the things I was having a whole, you know, one time I got paranoid about having schizophrenia, but I just figured, well, that's just what I'm paranoid about. So naturally, I'm going to think that I have it. Uh, but it's a certain aspect to it that to be aware of that 2% of the population have it in the U.S., which is the same amount of Muslims we have, right? If you think that there's hella Muslims in the U.S., we're only 2% of the population, and there's 2% of the population also um, estimated to have schizophrenia and one out of 100 people globally. It is not that uncommon. I think mental health, a lot of mental health issues in general are not that uncommon, but it's hard to see it the same way you would see polio, the same way you see chicken pox, the same way you see other things. It's not on the surface and carried out the same way. And oftentimes for a lot of kids, whether, you know, I don't know, in India or Palestine, it goes untreated and it goes unspoken of simply because the dialogue around it is so hard to discuss. Even myself, I don't know how to discuss it, um, not just on a personal, on a micro level, but on a macro, because if the mind, you know, if I'm looking at meditation, I'm reading about spirituality and I'm reading about how the mind, the gut and the body work well then shit uh, mental health has to be up there too and how we discuss it and i remember you know hearing and reading about these things in psychology and i'm familiar with schizophrenia i'm familiar with alzheimer's and and depression and anxiety and bipolar but how to be aware of that in other people that's even more difficult right if we're more trained and more taught in our science courses to look at you know, diseases and unhealthy things and what to eat and what not to eat, right? You know, eat this, don't eat that. I think in the future, what we'll see is, in terms of toxicity, we'll see what relationships to avoid, what type of people to avoid. You know, the same way it's like, hey, don't eat this food, eat this food, this is better for your physical health. Hey, this don't talk to these people, don't, you know, pollute yourself with this type of information or with these hobbies, you know, sort of more macro concepts, more macro advice related to the micro of mental health. I think that'll be a growing thing as well. Um, I think that'll be something uh, more people will start to look at and discuss and be able to analyze and educate themselves and loved ones properly on because what is worse than seeing, you know, you know, freshman 15, for example, seeing your uh, cousin or your son or your daughter, uh, you know, gain weight and live an unhealthy life. Well, you also don't want to see, you know, your loved ones depressed either. You don't want to see them uh, anxious and you don't want to see them dealing with issues caused by other people around them, right? You don't, Because you'd be surprised of how many people go through toxic, romantic, and personal relationships. And it's frustrating because you think you know certain people, and in reality, a lot of times you don't. Even yourself, sometimes you, you, could, you could be a toxic person to other people and not even be realizing it, right? How many times, you know, the same way we have some people on our shit list, we could be on someone else's shit list. And it's, and it's simply because of taking a break and taking a pause and analyzing the relationship our whole body has together, our mind, body, and spirit. And some people focus on too much of a religious aspect, right? Oh, I'm so religious and everything, and I pray I'm following my religion perfectly, and that's supposed to take care of everything. Not necessarily, right? Not exactly. And then some people focus so much on, you know, I'm exercising, I'm eating right. Well, there's other things aspect with your mind and spirit too that you need to treat also. So it's all a relationship, right? With your breathing, uh, with your diet, with your nutrition, you know, with your relationships, with, you know, how to be alone and how to be with people. I think I talked about this before too, about the sort of introvertness and uh, extrovertness, that there's like a scale that you might fall on. Uh, and psych class, I took this, you know, personality test and I was fell on the introverted side, but close to the board of extrovertness. So I can be extroverted, but at the end of the day, I do like being alone. And in related with weed, a survey suggested that 31% of people uh, like to uh, leafly tweeted this, that, uh, or Mary Jane News, I can't remember which one on Twitter, that the survey suggested 31% of people like to smoke weed by themselves. And I would consider myself in that category, but maybe not everybody does. Maybe some people do like to smoke with people simply because they're more extroverted. 
but you have to know your personality. You have to know which one do you like. You have to know which one do you prefer, right? Don't compromise your mental health for not just peer pressure, but simply because of the expectation that you need to be around people. People are great to have, right? There's a lot of studies that show that you need some sort of socializing. It's good for your health to live longer. But, and a lot of, and the reason people do this is because they have that fear of being alone. You should never have a fear of being alone. You should have a fear of being with people that make you feel alone. Robin Williams, who recently passed away, I think it was his birthday yesterday, may he rest in peace, you know, uh, total legend, it's, you know, killed himself. The, the amount of depression, I don't know what other issues he was um personally going through but that's what he said that he thought the worst thing was to end up alone and it wasn't he said it was to end up with people that made you feel alone and that's why it's like you can people think that you're gonna not be happy by yourself that's not true you can be happy by yourself and people think that they're going to be happy with people that's not true you can be very let down and, and driven crazy by people you need to be able to be happy both if you, you need to be able to have a fuck you card right i don't know if you guys ever watched the movie uh, i think the gambler with mark Wahlberg, where he's like fuck you you know you, be, you, you need to be able to quit that gambling addiction and tell someone fuck you same thing you should be able to tell a group of people like like you know out of respect it's like hey dude hey y'all like I, I fuck with y'all, but fuck y'all, right? I can go be by myself. I don't need to put up with this bullshit, right? You don't need to tie yourself down to, uh, you know, whether you're a girl with a dude or a guy with a girl, whatever type of relationship we're talking about here. You don't need on a one-on-one or, or in a group setting. You don't need to tie yourself to certain people and constantly swim in toxicity simply because of a fear. Or maybe of a fear you don't even realize, right? It could be a subconscious fear that, oh, shit, I don't want to be alone, so I'm just going to keep hanging out with these people because I don't know how to hang out by myself. No, hang out with yourself. Get to know yourself. Get to love yourself and get to really do things that you like and appreciate uh, and know what's good, what's best for you and how to take care of yourself and how to take care of others as well because i mean don't be so don't take self-love so far that you're going to be so selfish about it right because i feel like at the end of the day it's great to have people it's great to have people around you it's great to help other people as well you know in a selfish way helping other people does help us right the sort of uh the, you know, that's a sort of correlation between like guilt and, you know, like donating, you know, having guilt and then giving back to people. Yeah, well, you know, we have guilt a lot of times because of our privileged lives and we need to try to help and give back to others. And it helps us and helps other people. And that's great. So think of it in, in a sort of, you know, uh, that sense, what value you can bring to other people, not what you can extract from other people. Because if all we're doing is extracting from each other, well, then shit, you know, we're, we're all getting depleted. We're all getting drained by somebody else. And we shouldn't be draining each other. We should be lifting each other up. We should be powering each other. So, yeah, that sort of wraps up sort of the things I wanted to talk about today. Uh, I appreciate y'all for listening. If you, you know, if you enjoyed this podcast, if this is your first time listening, I appreciate you for listening. Check out other podcasts. I try to, you know, it's unfiltered vitamins. Like whatever I'm feeling, whatever we're talking about, it's always going to be changed. It's always going to be something new. Always different things to discuss. Whatever I'm feeling, and you know, times change, rearrange, and it's always going to be you know a changing topic of discussion. Um, and sort of you know delivery as well because you know we're sort of still experimenting with that i think i still have um i think i'm on my like my 25th podcast or something like that so yeah i do thank you uh tweet me at captain hummus if you like this follow me on instagram the captain hummus uh you know a uh, we tube the we tube <laughs> the captain kush i'm uploading a, a podcast there today um right now as we're speaking this is just audio format because i do enjoy the audio format a lot more than recording myself but yeah um thank you for listening and um yeah hit, let me know if you guys like this peace Enjoy the rest of your week. What is it today? Wednesday? Yeah, midday week vibes, bro. Take it easy.